Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let me tell you something, brother. Welcome to Andy Staples on three. Can you smell what Dion is cooking? Okay, I'm, I'm mixing my wrestling characters here, but this is what this is. If we haven't figured it out already and it's working. So the talk of college football nation on Monday night was the Oregon video that dropped. It was beautiful. It was cinematic. It was all about Oregon beating Colorado. They set up the storyline perfectly. And we saw Shiloh Sanders talking trash before the game. We saw Dan Lanning, Oregon's coach, saying, talk with your pads. We saw Tosh Lapoy. Oregon's defensive coordinator saying they don't deserve your attention. And then we saw Oregon crush Colorado in a game that was watched by 10 million people. It had a slightly higher audience than the audience that watched Notre Dame and Ohio State in a game that came down to the final play in primetime. But primetime, prime, was in Eugene getting whooped. And they had basically the same number of people watching on ABC for a game that was not competitive for even one second. That's what's going on here. This is the entertainment business college football is. And I realize everybody's got an opinion on Deion Sanders and wants to, to gatekeep the sport from the casuals coming in because they're just riding on Deion's coattails in, into the sport. Or... The, the people who want to say, well, we do it the right way. We do it differently than Dion. This is all awesome for college football. Every bit of this. And it's pro wrestling. It is purely pro wrestling. I just started watching that show Wrestlers on Netflix. And Al Snow, the former WWE wrestler who, who runs Ohio Valley Wrestling and teaches all the, the, the new wrestlers how to, how to work in the business. Like he, he puts it pretty simply in the first episode. You got to have a heel that generates heat and you got to have a baby face that gets over. Well, Deion Sanders is playing both of those characters, depending on who you are in college football this year. And now Dan Lanning, Oregon's coach has happily played along. You know, everybody's thinking, well, you know, Dan Lanning's doing it differently. No, he's not. Dan Lanning sensed an opportunity and is taking advantage of it because we weren't talking about Colorado on Monday night when Oregon dropped that video. We were talking about Oregon because of Colorado. This ecosystem is uh, it's becoming symbiotic. So let's let's take a look at that a clip from that Oregon video. It was it was something that everybody had an opinion on, and it is uh, I mean it's just spectacularly done. But some of the stuff in there, you're like, wow, I did not think they'd put that in there. Today, we talk with our pants. When they talk, you don't say sh- You don't say sh- You talk to me! You talk to your house! I'll be the 
So you, the music was swelling, but they had subtitles on the Shiloh Sanders trash talk. He's, he's talking to the Oregon players as everybody's getting warmed up before the game. He says, I'll beat the bleep out of uh, every one of y'all and your coach. He said, we're, we're fitting to run through your asses. And the Oregon players in the Oregon video aren't responding. And you have Tosh Lapoy, the, the DC, saying they don't deserve your attention. And by the way, no one's going to mess with Tosh Lapoy after this video. If you've ever met Tosh Lapoy, you realize he's not someone to be messed with in the first place. But no one is messing with Tosh Lapoy after this. It's spectacular because it feeds off of the attention that Dion brought. And it's it's crazy because Oregon was the program that for years we said, oh, they're all flash, no substance. They're they're just about the uniforms. They're about Nike. Yet Oregon got to show you there's quite a bit of substance to that football program, quite a bit of beef on the offensive and defensive lines, quite a bit of talent in those groups. You saw them crush Colorado. And they're still riding the wave. We're still talking about them. Dan Lanning has a little part to play in that as well. And I, I think yeah, I, I keep waiting for somebody to take the mantle from Steve Spurrier, who was the greatest at being a really good college football coach, but also understanding this is fun and you don't have to say the right thing all the time. You don't have to say the politically correct thing all the time. You can say you can't spell citrus without UT. You can tell the old Auburn library joke. The, the, the library burned down and shame half the books hadn't even colored in yet. Steve Spurrier said all that stuff in public. All of it. Dion understands this. Dan Lanning, I think, understands this too. And he had an interesting answer. He got asked about something that Skip Bayless said. And it was very telling. You're on the right. There's been a lot of talk of nationally about your pregame speech and your aggressive play calling. I think uh, Skip Bayless called it venomous vengeance. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that and kind of how your words have been skewed a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know Skip at all. Um, I've never had a conversation with him. Um, it, I, I've watched him enough to know how often he gets it wrong. So, I mean, that sounds about right. But, I mean, ultimately, here's what I say. We're playing to win the game. Right. And you saw a 15 second clip uh, from a window view outside the house of what happens in the locker room. Right. I, I know our locker room. I'm in the house 100 percent of the time. I know how our players felt um, going into that game. And I know what it takes to motivate our players. That's my job to motivate our players. Right. He has a job. I have a job, too, um, to get out there and to perform on the field. But inside that house, they felt a certain way. They felt a certain way about a group stomping on the O. They felt a certain way. Uh, about guys talking to him in the pregame. And I'm proud of those guys because what they decided to do is talk with their pads, right? They didn't want to do all, anything extra afterwards. They want to talk with their pads, and they did that on Saturday. I'm also um, grateful and, and can clearly acknowledge that the attention that we got this Saturday in large part was due to, uh, due to Dion and what he's doing to college football. And if anybody can't see what he's done for college football and how he's bringing excitement to college football, you're crazy, right? And I said that last week as well. Um, he's done a lot for the game. He's, he's building something over there. I think that's really, really clear. Uh, there's no secret there, but it, it wouldn't matter if I was playing my 10-year-old uh, son on the other sideline. I'm going to do everything I can to win. If I'm playing Bill Belichick, I'm going to do everything I can to win. Did I go for it on fourth down? Yeah, I have every game this year, 
right? I've gone for it nine times. Did I go for a two-point conversion? Yeah, I've done it three out of the four games this year. And if, if we play again tomorrow, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to do everything I can to win a game and everything I can to motivate my team. So, um, you know, that's, that to me is classless, what, what, you know, what he's saying there, but I'm, I'm not really worried about it. See, Dan gets a shot in at Skip Bayless, which that's definitely going to get played on Skip Bayless's show, and they'll all have a good laugh. And he understands the game. And he even says it later in that clip. He thanks Dion for bringing all this attention and basically enlarging the sport of college football. There are people watching college football who never have before. There are people paying attention to college football who never have before. That is a good thing. That's a good thing for the sport. Now, the morning debate shows, it might need to get some folks who actually watch college football on. I'm just saying I'm available. I ain't hard to find, as Dion would say. But I'm glad you're talking about it. I am glad that this sport, which I think and I know most of you guys think is the greatest sport in the universe, is being seen by more people and more people are seeking it out because of this incredible force of nature that is Deion Sanders. Now, I wonder what happens if on Saturday, and remember, USC is going to Colorado. So the biggest actual on-field star in the sport, Caleb Williams, is going to be colliding with Deion Sanders supernova style. If USC does to Colorado what Oregon did to Colorado, does that mean that we stop paying attention that the people who were coming into the sport stop paying attention because they say, wow, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that this isn't that interesting. Maybe I think it would be good for the sport. If Colorado put up a good fight against USC, if Colorado made this game, not look like the Oregon game. And if you saw the USC Arizona state game there, there's a chance. There's a chance. Colorado can put up some points. Now Colorado is going to give up a lot of points. I, I think we can, all be certain of that and so far we've not heard a lot of talk out of Colorado I you know the the Shiloh Sanders thing is is funny to me because I I know there's people who think their players don't talk trash your team has corners and receivers your players talk trash I don't really trust corners and receivers who don't talk trash. You need to have an absurd amount of self-confidence to play those positions. So you need to be able to do what Shiloh Sanders did and make yourself believe that you actually have a chance in that game against Oregon when you watched film all week and you knew you didn't. So I don't have a problem with that. I guarantee you there are Oregon players who talk trash during that game. Guarantee it. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. It's part of the fun of the game. But... We might see it again with USC. You know, those USC players, they, they went out. A lot of them, they go to USC because it's close to Hollywood. It's, it's in the epicenter of the entertainment industry. It's a huge sports town in L.A. They want the attention. They're going to get the attention when they go to Boulder. And so this will be fun. This will be a very interesting litmus test. And Lincoln Riley does not seem to enjoy that level of attention. but. To go with a wrestling analogy, he has definitely made a heel turn since he left Oklahoma. And it's not just to the Oklahoma people. So I, I wonder, will he embrace that? I've, I've always said that Lincoln Riley, of all people, should truly embrace being the heel because he could be great at it. 
He doesn't like dealing with us necessarily. He likes to be in control of everything. He banned that beat writer a couple of weeks ago and then, then let him back in, but not before everybody yelled it, let Lincoln Riley. So this would be a great opportunity for him to truly embrace that heel role. And, and the thing about college football versus wrestling is in wrestling, the baby face is usually pretty clearly defined. The heel is usually pl- pretty clearly defined. The attitude era in WWE, notwithstanding, they usually try to make it fairly clear to the audience who you're supposed to cheer for and who you're supposed to boo. In this situation in college football, it's it's flexible based on who you root for. And so you've got the one group of fans that, for them, their coach will always be their baby face and the opposing coach will always be the heel, vice versa on the other fans. And then you've got all the folks who don't have a rooting interest in the game who just decide. And it's interesting because I think it doesn't matter if you're a heel or a baby face, but what you want to be is definitively one to all of that other group of people and they're going to watch. For Dion, I think he's a heel to a lot of people and a baby face to a lot of people. He's, he's a different level. He's a different level of famous, a different level of market mover in sports. We don't see stuff like this very often. We don't see people like this very often. But I am absolutely fascinated by how this is developing because I think it would be fantastic for college football if Dion could keep winning this season. What we saw on Saturday suggests that's going to be very hard with that schedule. But if they can make this game even slightly interesting, it will again be the most watched game in the country. Again, like I, that blows my mind that a game between Ohio State and Notre Dame from Notre Dame Stadium in prime time on NBC that came down to the final play got outrated by a game where Oregon could have beaten Colorado 80 to, 80 to 6 if they'd wanted to. That blows my mind. But that tells you Dion is doing something for this sport. Dan Lanning said it himself. So if you want to see college football thrive, if you want to see college football become even bigger, and I know there's a lot of people who don't. I know there's a lot of people who look at college football the way you might look at your favorite band. You saw them in coffee shops. Now they're playing arenas. You don't like that. You don't want all these casuals coming in. I do. I think the coaches do. I think the players do. I think the administrators do. Nothing wrong with having a bunch of people interested in the thing that you're interested in. So come on, casuals. Come, come, join. Watch this show. Download this show on your favorite podcast platform. Like, subscribe, leave a review. Welcome. Because I think... There'd be some people who turned on that game to watch Dion who watched Oregon play and were like, wow, that's a very good football team. I want to see what they do next. And maybe they'll watch the Oregon Stanford game. Maybe they followed that video that Oregon sent out. Maybe they watched what Dan Lanning said. Maybe they say, hmm, well, I just came into this without a real fandom, but maybe, maybe that's who I like. Or maybe they'll watch this week. And they'll see Caleb Williams and they'll see USC's offense and go, holy crap, that's a lot of fun. Maybe that's who I like. Then you get Colorado next year playing against all the Big 12 teams, introducing them to new audiences. 
It is it is truly amazing. And it, we we laughed at George Klyavkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, back in Vegas last year when he said Dion is a very important part of this TV deal we're doing. We all know how the TV deal went. We all know how that ended. But Klyavkov wasn't wrong about how powerful Dion was in this whole thing. And I don't think I I understood that at the time. But I think we definitely understand it now. When we see these ratings rolling in, and I look, it's great that he makes you mad if he makes you mad. It's great that he makes you happy if he makes you happy because he makes you feel something. It's great that these dumb sports debate shows are talking college football. It, I'm not the target audience for this. I don't like those shows. But I admit, I get sucked in every once in a while. Like I, I laugh because when I go to the gym in the morning, they've got the ESPN on and, and it's got get up and, and or first take, whichever, whatever time it is. And the sounds turned down. And I know what I know what I'm gonna see every time. There's gonna be a Dallas Cowboys topic. There might be a Lakers topic. Well, now they're talking about college football. That's because of Dion. I hope they keep doing it. I hope they find out that Ohio State Notre Dame game. That was fire. This Notre Dame Duke game this week is gonna be fun. That Florida State Clemson game that, that was the lead in. To the Oregon Colorado game, that was incredible. There's a lot more, a lot more action coming up, and this is going to be a a fun fun year. But I would like it just because of the audience it brings in. If Dion can do a little bit more, I don't want to see them get crushed this weekend because I think that audience might tune them out after that. Playing against the Heisman Trophy winner. Playing against the team from Hollywood. Dan Lanning said the Cinderella story ends, and it did. But the Hollywood story doesn't have to end. So, Colorado, you saw Arizona State score 28 points on USC's defense. Shadour Sanders, do your thing. Make it fun. And I bet all those people keep watching. And I bet in the process, they discover one hell of a college football season that's going on. We'll be right back with Notre Dame running back, Audric Estime, talking about getting over a gut punch loss and going forward with another big game. We'll be right back. I am here with Audric Estime of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And look, not going to lie, Saturday seemed like it was pretty brutal for you guys. How do you... When, when you're in a situation like that where your just heart gets ripped out, how do you recover? How do you get back going when you, you know you got to work? Yeah, so, like, obviously that was a pretty hard game for us. That was something that we all wanted. But that's part of the sport we play. That's part of the life we play. That's, this is a lesson that we're going to take with us for the rest of our lives. Coach Freeman always uh, prides one day, one life, one game, one life. And like you said, yesterday might be with us for the, our whole season in the back of our heads, but we got to flush that. We got to learn from that game. Like, that game, we fall short due to little details that weren't executed, but that's something that's going to help us. Like Coach Freeman said in today's team meeting, like, what are you going to do with that? You got to, when you lose a game like that, you got to look in the mirror and see what you could do and how you can get better as an individual. And that's what we will do. Does it help that you go right into another challenge this week? I mean, this is gonna, this may be the biggest game in Duke football history. They've got college game day coming. Uh, I know when you're at Notre Dame, 
a lot of times you're the other opponent's biggest game, but this is this seems especially big. Yeah, like you said, we're with Notre Dame. Every t- every game for us is a big game, and definitely a big game for them. So we know they're going to come out with all they got, but so are we. We're going to come out on fire. We have we're not going to. It's not going. We're not saying that we're going to take what happened to Ohio State out on them, but like. This is the game after. We just got to keep on showing and proving why we're one of the top teams in the country, and this is a, for an opponent that's going to have to face it. How was the mood in that, that team meeting? Coach Freeman was, was telling me this morning, he said he wasn't even sure what he was going to say to you guys, mm-hmm. but the words almost didn't matter. It was more the vibe than anything yeah. else. So what was the vibe in there? So, yeah, this team, um, we're kind of taking it pretty well. Like, no one's dragging around. No one's being lazy. No one's putting their head down. Our message is just flush it. Um, it was hard on Sunday. Sunday was a pretty hard day for us all, even the coaches. But it's Monday. It's a new week. We got a new opponent, and we just got to keep on going. We got to come back tomorrow on Tuesday, have a great practice, and just keep on taking steps forward in the right direction. So we got to talk about you. I, I saw you on McAfee, and they're going – they're like, <laughs> how are you this big? And I'm, I'm curious, too. Like, how does anyone ever tackle you? Um I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your I shoulders know. take up the entire camera shot here. Oh, my bad. My no, 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 no. You're good. Yeah. You stay right there. We'll be right back with more from Notre Dame running back Audrick Estime. But first, I want to tell you about Roback. My birthday is this week, and I've told everybody I know, if you're trying to get me a gift, more Roback performance hoodies. I want them in every color of the rainbow. This new version, I don't know how they did this. The previous version I had, those were my favorite hoodies. They got stolen by family members all the time. I get these new ones. They're softer. They're even more comfortable. I don't know how Roback did this, but you need one of these hoodies or eight of these hoodies in your life. At least a few. However many family members you have in your house, just have that many because you're going to get them stolen. I guarantee it. But don't limit yourself to the hoodies because Roback, Makes performance polos, Q-zips, joggers, shorts. They got it all. If you want to live a life of luxurious comfort where you're ready for anything, you can go outside, you play around, play golf. I go fishing in these hoodies. I caught a pass at Bryant-Denny Stadium last year wearing one of them. I mean, come on. You can do anything in Roback. So go to Roback.com. Use the promo code STAPLES to get 20% off your first order Promo code STAPLES, S-T-A-P-L-E-S, for 20% off your first order. I'm telling you right now, load up on those hoodies. You will make yourself happy. You will also make everyone who steals them from you very, very happy. Roback.com, promo code STAPLES. I mean, it, here's the thing. Did, did folks tell you you're getting too big to play running back, or, or did you say, no, 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 I can still do everything you need me to do? Yeah, so um, honestly, um, in high school and even younger, older Pop Warner years, I was getting a little bigger, but um, I was still fast. And I was still able to move, and people were like, yeah, we could see you playing linebacker. Most of my family, everyone in my family actually played the defensive side. So like, yeah, you're going to go play big-time ball for linebacker. And I'm like, no, I like scoring touchdowns. I like <laughs> running. I like, I'm going to be running back. They're like, all right, but the years went past. I got bigger, but even though I got bigger, I got faster and I got better at running back, and that's what I am. I was gonna say because I mean, like you hurdle people, yeah, and that's you don't get to do that as a linebacker. You don't. <laughs> that that part I love. I love being a dynamic guy. I love to be able to make people miss. I love to be able to run through people. I love to be able to run past people, and that's something you do at running back. I'm interested that you brought that up with your family, saying maybe play linebacker. Mm-hmm. 
with the way things are going in the NFL, was, was there any thought just from an economic standpoint or from a draft standpoint of maybe not going on as, as a running back? Um, no, honestly, this just been my first love. Um, I knew ever since I was a kid at four years old that I was going to be a running back. I was going to be a division one running back. I was going to be an NFL running back. And that uh, mission, that goal never changed. So you are one of the more fun people on this team. I, they, they, they cast you in the starring role for the green Jersey video where, where you're basically, it's the scene from Jerry Maguire, which yeah. by the way, came out before you were born, yeah, making you feel very old. <laughs> Had you even seen that movie? I, I didn't prior to it, but like after, after okay. I shot this film, I had to, I had to watch it. Do you feel like you, I mean, I felt like you, you really embraced that role. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I hit it spot on. I yeah. The so. show me. The money. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, you sold it. Yeah. So how was Sam during that? He was good. He was a good hype, man. Like, people don't really see because in the video, he's just in there. But, like, between seats, he's going crazy. Like, after, like, we had a lot of bloopers, scenes that got cut out that he was just going crazy. He's a great hype, man. So this other video that I've seen, though, is that you're actually the best Irish dancer on this team. What, okay, what do, do Catholic schools in New Jersey teach that? Like, where does that come from? Nah, it's just, it's just that footwork that I got. Just, <laughs> it, it translated from the football field to the dancing floor, whatever. I could do it all. It's Because, yeah. uh, uh, like, you were with – you had a live band you had the, the <laughs> yeah. violin the fiddles are there and yep. that's that's impressive i mean that's just just from picking it up and watching yeah. and then the natural yeah it's just it's just embracing the atmosphere and an environment and looking all dublin ireland they have a great atmosphere great environment great culture over there and i'm a big culture guy and i love experiencing new cultures and stuff and that was just great experience and i get to show off my dancing skills and you got to go you got to go to dublin for the game you got to go earlier in the summer yep, too right yep. i went in the springtime what was that like yeah it was a great experience it was definitely um different from um, from the game opposed to when we went in the spring because in the spring we had a lot more time a lot more free time we had time to actually explore the whole Whole, um, whole country of Ireland, and it was just great atmosphere. The people were there, amazing. The food there was great. Music, it was just great atmosphere, and I'll definitely be back. So you want to be a lawyer? That was uh, I've heard you in, in several interviews talk about how sure. you're planning on law school after the NFL. How how you said you knew you were running back at four years old. When yep. did you when did you realize you were a lawyer? I knew I was a lawyer probably a little a couple of years after. Um, I'm, I have older I have older brother, I have older cousins, and. Mm. I'm always arguing with them. I always know I'm right, even though they don't think I'm right. I know I'm right. That's uh, something that I just have a strong passion for is um, arguing and um, getting my point across. And that comes with a lot of work. And I feel like that's a work, some work that I'm willing to embrace. So you're a poli sci major, which is kind of the, the path to law school. Yes, is is the plan, you know, you, got, you get that degree, you're playing in the NFL, you take your LSAT, and then just kind of figure figure it out from there? Yeah, so I plan to play in a, play football for as long as possible. And whenever that day comes to an end, I'm going to get right back into it. I'm going to uh, hopefully uh, – I put, I put myself in position right now to be successful and be able to get into a good law school. So hopefully when football's all said and done, I can just hop right into it. What is this Notre Dame network like, in ter- not just in terms of Notre Dame football players, but Notre Dame grads? I mean, how many people kind of reach out to you and say, hey – I can help you get get where you want to go. Yeah, Notre Dame has the best network in the country. I feel like that's part of the reason why I came here, and especially times like this, uh, when your team's doing really well and everyone's everyone on campus, like Ohio State game, like you had everyone, everyone, like a big time name come on campus, and just it's just Notre Dame provides that opportunity that other schools might not have, and guys, some guys take advantage of it, and I'm trying my best to take advantage of that network. So let me let me. Let's talk about this offensive line of yours because this is a luxury to run behind a group like that. But who is the funniest member of your offensive line? 
I'd probably say Zeke. So Zeke, center. that's your center. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is what is it about Zeke that that makes him the guy everybody <laughs> is laughing at? Uh, everything, honestly, just he's just he's such a hard worker, and just when he's off the field, you're like, no way, that's Zeke Corral. Like, no way, that's the guy that's banging heads for four quarters straight. He's just a guy that um. He's always cracking jokes, and he's just a guy. Who, he always has his shirt off. <laughs> um, he's a big dude. You gotta love the big dude who always rips his shirt off. <laughs> always like, rips his shirt off. That's confidence right there. That's the ultimate yeah. in confidence. He's he's this type of dude to have. Um, you'll take off his cleats will be the last thing he takes off. Like if you think about that, that's your cleats are usually the one of the first things psycho you take behavior. Off. Right there. <laughs> that, yeah, that's just his so you got him doing that. You got him. The cleats are the last thing that comes off. You got Joe Alt, yeah, who's eating clown. hot dogs. Yeah. With just just ketchup on him, yeah, and and defending that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you do have a bunch yeah. of straight psychos blocking yeah, you. That's beautiful. Blake Fisher, he's also a clown. He's my roommate, so I get oh, to, yeah, I get to see the the other side part where everyone, a lot of people don't see. But he's messy, he's, clean. What are we talking about here? A little bit of both. Okay, <laughs> a little bit of both. <laughs> it was how how can you be both? He cleans up nice. He dresses nice. He has a good style. Mm-hmm. Um, haircut every week type of guy. He cleans up. But then sometimes uh, he'll leave Chick-fil-A on the table for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't eat off it while he's. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> if he doesn't, I um, blew his dog will. That my, when I was at the college newspaper, we had someone who just left a uh, McDonald's cheeseburger on a desk. No way. Just to see how long it would stay there without decomposing. Yeah. And it was, it was several months. <laughs> So that's funny. So he let it stay there for several months. Yeah. Well, it was, it was an experiment. That's all. <laughs> it, it was in the name of science. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that Blake's science. actually committing any yeah, science in your apartment either. <laughs> How much fun is, is it being on this team? Oh, it's great. Uh, I wouldn't want to be on any other team. Uh, I feel like just the brotherhood we have is like no other. I feel like we're kind of like a cult, like a fraternity. Like even though our main goals, our main objective is to win football games it's deeper than that. I feel like we're more about reaching our full potential together as a unit and doing that. It just brings us together and forges a type of bond. that, like Noah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to find that in no other place. What's it like playing for coach Freeman? Cause he's obviously new at this head coaching thing, mm-hmm. but it seems like he's so recently removed from actually playing football. It, yeah. it feels like it might be easier to connect with. Yeah, definitely. Like you would think he'd be coaching for a couple of years, but he's just a great people's person. He's all about what, what's good for the players what do the players need opposed to other coaches like are they like to take the headlines like he's a guy who's after a big loss like that he's a guy who's take it to the chin he's a guy who's like put it all on him so that's something that great uh to see as a player and that's something that we need uh, to lead this team and he's doing a great job leading us in the right direction so we all saw that scene when he got named the head coach Mm -hmm. what was it like before that camera rolled when when you guys found out well, honestly, no one knew. Honestly, those that couple of days and those couple of days were full of uncertainty, and we all thought we're we had a practice and we're all just in the locker room waiting. We're like, what are we waiting for? And then when Coach Bayless came out and told us this is a new head coach, it was just this kind of sense of relief, like because we knew who Coach Freeman is, we knew his personality, and we knew it was just a great hire for this program. That's what's so interesting is is you guys had only been with him for a season yeah. at that point, but you you could tell already. Yes, we definitely knew already. So what is the advice that you would give your younger self now that you've been here a while and, and you understand how everything works? Um, the trust the process. Uh, never try to rush anything. Everything happens for a reason. And just 
time is short. Time time goes by fast, not gonna lie. And some people get it complacent and um they like to push things to the side, but no, you gotta attack it day by day and every day because once you attack it every day, you're going to look up and you're already junior like I am right yeah. now. I, how, do you tell that to those? Because you got some good young running backs mm -hmm. that just got here. Do you tell them that, hey, yeah. you're going to blink and, and you'll be a junior too? Yes, definitely. I tell them that. And they already see it happening. Like one more game we're already halfway through the season. So they already see it take place. Can you believe that? No, I cannot. I just said it. I'm like, dang. It, just, it feels like it just started. Yeah, game number six. So number six. do you feel like this team – is what it can be or, or how where is the ceiling on this team yeah we have a really high ceiling but every week you got to keep on trying to reach that ceiling like coach freeman prize uh prize herself is to reach our full potential and this team has a very high potential but it's all about reaching that full potential sometimes you can uh, have a setbacks but no matter what you just got to reach that full potential and this team is really special so one fact can be football related or not mm -hmm. about audric estime that you feel like the world needs to know that that maybe it doesn't know yet i know it's not that you can sing i've seen you sing on video <laughs> i'd say i could say uh, um i just i just love life honestly everything that comes with life i feel like when football's done i feel like i'm still gonna love life as much as i do now you see the world you see the world experience you just get to live get to see things change get to see people grow get to see uh, relationships being forged. I just love that part. That is a very old soul answer. <laughs> yeah. Have you always been like that? I think so. Yeah. So you you were was it your parents always say, well, you know, he he acts like a forty year old. Yeah. So I was I I always have been pretty mature for my age. Honestly, uh, it's just I feel like the life we live as football players, especially elite football players mm -hmm. as we are, I feel like you're kind of forced to um, see uh, see the world in a different different lens. Well, and it's interesting because everybody talks about the NIL stuff, and yeah. it's always well, how are they going to handle it? Are they going to know how to pay taxes? And but I feel like, especially now, the way recruiting gets covered, mm -hmm. the way everything like you're thrust into that kind yeah. of adult role even in high school. Yes, definitely. I feel like, especially with NIL, this opening doors that a lot of people didn't have a couple of years ago. And that's definitely, that's definitely another responsibility that you got to add to the table. And I, and I think this is something that's going to help us in the long run. So I know you've, you've got some NIL deals going. Is there a dream NIL deal? Is there a company that, that you've always wanted to work with that, that you would be the perfect pitch man for? That's a hard one. I don't think so right now. If I find one, I'll let you know. Okay. What, what's your favorite one you have right now? My favorite one is probably um, I I'd say Roback because um. Hey, hey they yeah. sponsor the show. Yeah, oh, they do. That's Hell yeah, that's we got perfect. the Roback ad running today. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, they they take care of me. They take care of me. They take care of my family. Every time I get home, I feel like every week I got a new box. Oh, those boxes are amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like is it, when it's on your doorstep, that's just right on the doorstep. So the, okay. I'm not wearing it right now. There's uh -huh. an ad in the show where I'll be wearing it, but All that right. performance hoodie. Oh, great. The, the, it's the most comfortable thing it's I own. Literally, literally you can wear it in the you can wear it in the heat, you can wear it in the winter. It's like the the material of it's like perfect. They so made it really softer. softer. I don't know how they did it. I don't know. They, they did it right though. And that's your rowback five minutes with Audrey Gessler. <laughs> hey, listen. Other companies can do this too. Yeah. Roback's the one that stepped up. Listen out. <laughs> Shout Audrey. out Roback. <laughs> Thank you so much. Of course, of course. That's awesome. You know that here at On3, we love the world of name, image, and likeness. You just heard me talking to Audric Estime about, uh, about our friends at Roback. But 
sometimes these NIL deals, they, they get embroiled in controversy. That's what happened this week with something that Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis did after his team beat Clemson in overtime. His team came out with a shirt, and it's a very cool shirt. They call it College King, but clearly it is playing on the Tiger King, Joe Exotic. We watched the Netflix show during the pandemic. Every single one of us did. Don't lie. You know you did. So on this shirt, Jordan Travis celebrating Florida State's two biggest wins this season against LSU, Purple and Gold Tigers, and against Clemson, Orange Tigers. So in the in the shirt, he is sitting on a throne. He's wearing a crown, and there's a purple and gold striped tiger and an orange striped tiger beneath him. And it's a great shirt. It sells for $31.24. 31.24 is the final score of the Clemson game. And oh, by the way, Jordan Travis, as any good quarterback should do, is splitting the proceeds with his offensive lineman. Somebody's not happy about that. The actual Tiger King. That's right. Joe Exotic, born Joseph Maldonado, currently incarcerated. We know what happened. We saw the whole Carol Baskin thing. We, 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 we know how he got there. He believes he's wrongly in prison. We got you. But he also believes that now Jordan Travis owes him money. Here is what Joe Exotic tweeted, because apparently you can tweet from prison. Jordan Travis was six years old when I became the Tiger King. It is my trademark, my intellectual property, and I'm sick of others cashing in on my trademark just because President Biden cares nothing about me being wrongfully in prison in America. I will give any attorney 80% of the settlement to sue Jordan Travis and all companies selling stuff using Tiger King. It's time quarterbacks and anyone else in this country stop stealing from others. Which attorney would like to take this multi-million dollar case? Please DM me. He then goes on to say, until Jordan Travis walks in a cage with 20 full-grown tigers and kisses them on the head, leave the Tiger King business to me. Now, I will say, that touchdown Jordan Travis scored right before the half, where he's got a banged-up left shoulder, banged-up right hand, and he sneaks it in, gets stoned initially, and then just keeps on driving and pushes his way into the end zone. That kind of felt like going into a cage with a bunch of fully grown tigers. But, you know, I, I get it. Joe Exotic's been there. He, he's he's had the experience with the actual tigers. But I don't think he's quite in the right here. I think Jordan Travis probably has every right to have a little fun with Joe Exotic's image. But Joe Exotic took it a step further on Monday night and I'm sure Florida quarterback Graham Mertz got some strange texts and was like, what the world, what in the world is going on here? Here's what Joe Exotic said. Here's a Photoshop of Joe Exotic, same picture, but wearing a Gators hat. Hey, Jordan Travis, if I had to pass the Tiger King crown to anyone, it'd be Graham Mertz of the Florida Gators. How can you claim to be king of anything when you're not even the king in your own state? <sighs> I love when the rivalry can get involved in a nice intellectual property dispute. Graham Mertz probably is like, what? I don't know if I want to be associated with the Tiger King, but but sure, sounds sounds great. Meanwhile, you know, Jordan Travis, we'll, we'll bring the other school from Florida's big three into this thing. There's a famous Miami fan named Luther Campbell. You know him from Two Live Crew. He had a Supreme Court case that actually probably fits the bill here. So Luther Campbell, when he's with Two Live Crew, they made a song that sampled Oh Pretty Woman by Roy Orbison. So the publishing company that owns the rights to Oh Pretty Woman sued Two Live Crew. 
And the case went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court sided with Luther Campbell saying that it was a parody, and parody is protected speech. So I'm guessing if Joe Exotic actually tried to sue Jordan Travis, this would be the Jordan Travis defense. Jordan Travis, a Seminole, would be using Luther Campbell, a Hurricanes defense. Meanwhile, Graham Mertz and the Gators also lumped into this thing. It's just, just incredible where the world of NIL can take you. And it gets better. It gets better. There is a, now a commercial in Iowa. And this is based on a viral photo of a couple of Iowa State players that was taken earlier in the season. Tommy Hammond and Caleb Bacon. They were standing next to each other. And it, so they said Hammond Bacon. But it gets better. The Iowa pork producers signed those guys up to an NIL deal, but they also signed up Miles Purchase and Tyler Moore. Miles Purchase is a DB, Tyler Moore is a tight end. So they got Miles Purchase to stand next to Tyler Moore, to stand next to Tommy Hammond, to stand next to Caleb Bacon. Purchase, Moore, Hammond, Bacon. That's what it says on the backs of their jerseys. That's what it says on the photo. And there's a giant ham and a giant pile of bacon. Oh yeah, there is a video that involves these players eating quite a bit of ham and bacon. Thank you, Iowa Port Producers, for, for making, I think, what might be my favorite ad of the NIL era. This is probably the best one. This is better than Decoldis Crawford advertising for the HVAC company. Purchase more ham and bacon. And Caleb Bacon looks like he's having a really good time. Basically, they said, grab these handfuls of bacon. Do what you will with them. If I ever get a commercial, that's what I want to happen. I don't even care what it's for. I just want to be able to grab handfuls of bacon and eat them. Greatest NIL deal to date. That just means everybody else needs to step up with their game. While Graham Mertz is dealing with all the attention from his, uh, his newest fan, Joe Exotic, though, he is trying to get ready for a game. The Gators heading to Lexington to play Kentucky, where Kentucky is trying to win its third in a row against Florida. We'll be right back with Nick Roush of Kentucky Sports Radio to talk about the Wildcats as they head into one of the biggest SEC games of the week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joined now by Nick Roush of Kentucky Sports Radio in Kentucky. Trying to do something that seemed unthinkable just three years ago. Extend a winning streak against the Florida Gators to three. Nick, how, how, how weird does this sound to you as someone who grew up for most of his life watching Florida beat Kentucky? Oh, I, I got my heart ripped out so many times. I mean, Steve Spurrier, he was just – he was the bane of our existence um, as Kentucky football fans 
Gerald Lorenzen up 21 to 3 going in the fourth quarter and they lose 24-21. Like this was just bad things happened when Kentucky played Florida and it was in 2018 when they snapped that streak. I thought my body was going to self-combust. Like I just I could like there was just so much emotion and it really that getting rid of this streak was really the it's, it, it explains all of Kentucky's success under Mark Stoops because there was so much just hanging over their head on their shoulders, and he didn't think it was fair to his players. But now, you know, in, in August when we're doing all of the preseason talk, Andy, everybody is – Kentucky fans, it's like they forgot that happened, and they just expected <laughs> this to be a win. They were like, oh, well, that, that's a win in the schedule. Ford is going to be terrible. It's like, whoa, 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 guys, guys, guys. I know that this has been fun as of late. And this could be four and six years, I believe, if my math's correct. But yep. you can't you, – no, you just don't – you don't just write a W when you're playing Florida. That's not how this works. No, and I think it, it's been an adjustment for the Florida people as well because it, in their heads, they've just automatically clocked that as a win every single year. And now it kind of – like it catch, you, can, you can talk to somebody and it'll catch on and they'll be like, okay, and, and Kentucky, and then they're like, oh, wait, oh, okay. No, Kentucky's not not a guaranteed W. That's a, a toss-up at best. But this one looks like a lot of fun because Kentucky's better than they were last year. Now, Kentucky went down to the Swamp and beat Florida the, the week two of last season, and very good day for that Kentucky defense where they, they kind of got in Anthony Richardson's head and, and made things tough on him. But that was sort of the mirage for the Kentucky season last year. I think Kentucky fans thought, oh, this – this is setting up for greatness, and uh, it turned out that Florida really wasn't all that good either. Both of them lost to Vanderbilt, if that tells you anything. <laughs> and now you, you have a different different look. Florida's coming off that win against Tennessee where it looked like what Billy Napier wants it to look like. Kentucky seems to be back to what Mark Stoops wants his teams looking like, and that, that win against Vanderbilt looked much more like what we thought what we now think of as a Mark Stoops, Kentucky team it, with one exception. And that's the, the, the offense is doing it by not just handing the ball to some bruising running back, some bruising <laughs> yeah. tailgate back. That's going to get three yards. This is, uh, I, I think Kentucky fans are having a difficult time, time grasping it as well, because, uh, they're an explosive offense. It's not yeah. all based on efficiency. Uh, Ray Davis, the Vanderbilt transfer at running back, he's created a ton of big plays against Akron. He became the first uh, Kentucky Wildcat to ever have a 50-yard rushing and 50-yard receiving touchdown in a game. So the big plays are there, but the down-to-down, we need to get four yards on this first down run. Like That, that sort of efficiency hasn't been there. There's been some drop pass problems. So uh, I, it, it's you're in a weird spot right now as Kentucky fans because a lot of folks don't know they don't know how much they've learned about this team through the first month of the season. You played a couple Mac schools, an FCS team, and a, a bad Vanderbilt uh, program, but the defense is creating a lot of takeaways. The defense at front seven is gnarly, but offensively, you're seeing these Devin Leary throws that are just like wow, kind of like the Will Levis throw to Dane Key at Florida last year. Yeah. These just amazing plays. But then it's all sprinkled in with just some like really boneheaded stuff. I mean, they had waste. They've just been wasting possessions with like snapping issues. Where the center is stepping on the quarterback's foot, and or Leary's just dropping the ball. So um, the the operative term has been clean it up. 
and consistency. Mark Stoops said they're 4-0, and he's been pissed off at every one of his press conferences. So it's 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 a very weird part, but I, I nobody will care how ugly they win if they beat Florida on Saturday. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because I think both both teams are in the same place where you just don't know what they are yet because you saw Florida mm-hmm. get pushed around by Utah. Florida's defensive front was dominant against Tennessee, kept them from running the ball and got their offense out of sync. And so you think, okay, if you get the the defensive front that you saw against Tennessee against Kentucky, then maybe it does limit those big Ray Davis runs. Maybe it does make Kentucky waste some possessions, give the ball back. But what, what you've also seen with Florida is they've been very judicious with the football. Graham Mertz does not seem to make a lot of crazy mistakes, though, that, you know, you, you've seen them in the past at Wisconsin, but they've been pretty conservative and they haven't really had those big chain, you know, momentum swinging turnovers. And that's what Kentucky seems to be pretty good at creating. So I, I am really fascinated to see which of these is the real thing. Well, and the last year's game two, Andy, and you remember Todd McShay's there. It's Anthony Richardson versus Will Levis. Who's going to be right. the number one quarterback? We have almost as interesting of a storyline now because Kentucky fans were, we were, I was getting ready to start beating the Graham Mertz drum. A lot of folks thought it was going to be Mertz at Kentucky in Lexington for the longest time until Leary became an option as of late. And then the, the transfer portal deck gets shuffled. And what I found fascinating about these quarterbacks too, Andy, is Mertz has been, like, if you look at just the numbers and you're like, okay, like, I think Florida took the right guy, but also where's the touchdowns? Like, there's not, the, the average depth of target, I think, is only like four yards or something. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, it's it, if, if it's going to be a touchdown, it's going to be like the against Tennessee where Montreal Johnson kind of dances in after a, a, a short pass. It, that seems to be their offense. It, they they can make the the highlight reel plays like you saw the Ricky Pearsall catch oh, against Charlotte, yeah. which was amazing. But that's a that's against Charlotte. We we still haven't right, seen anything right. like that against. We didn't see you know you didn't see it against Utah and you didn't see it against Tennessee. But against Tennessee, the offense was ridiculously efficient when it needed to be, and then they just, then they just sort of took the air out of the ball. So that's that's the thing is with, with Florida is. They also have been able to get those big chunk plays on the ground. You know, the Trevor Etienne yeah. long run against Tennessee that kicked off the scoring. And that, that'll be interesting because I'm trying to remember the last time, either in, the, in this series or in, in, in the SEC, that we've seen two teams where their best big play capability seems to be a running back breaking one. Yeah, I, I immediately, like, I just think of Arkansas highlights when they had, like, McFadden yes. and all of those yeah. guys. Um, that's what I go back to because you're right. Uh, they aren't – they haven't done a lot of it through the air, but you have seen some of those fun highlights. And part of it is they, they need the explosiveness. Both of these teams, when they get in scoring opportunities, kind of struggle when the field gets a little bit tighter. Um Florida was kicking a ton of field goals against Charlotte down in the red zone. Uh, Kentucky had a couple of those as well where there was a muff punt at Akron, and then they three and out, delay of game, can't kick a field goal. Um, When the field gets smaller, they're good at running the ball when they can make some big plays, but uh, getting down in the red zone, that's probably where this game is going to be decided on Saturday. Who can capitalize 20 yards and in? So Kentucky's offensive line, which was the strength of the team for the longest time, but last year was a, a, an absolute liability. Where are they at right now? How much how much better are they this year than last year? It's it's one of those 
you can't be worse. And they are better, I think, especially in pass protection, which was the biggest storyline. I mean, Will Levis got bludgeoned last year. But where they've really struggled more so than anything is in the the running game. And now some of this is uh, when Liam Cohen got to Kentucky in 2021, this pro-style system is more based and predicated off outside zone. Mm-hmm. Chris Rodriguez was not an outside zone running back. They They kind of scrapped those plans the last two years. Well, now they're finally getting into the outside zone stuff. And – it, the the run blocking has been great um, from that perspective, and some of it is also on the running backs. But to answer your question, Andy, the offensive line it's better. It's still not. I mean, it's average. I, I would say in the SEC. And then against Vanderbilt, there was there was some snapping issues uh, two weeks ago. Jagger Burton sails too. He's a former blue chip recruit from Lexington. They really wanted to make him work at center. He was at guard last year. Well, they did a little flip-flop. And Eli Cox, who was Kentucky center last year, originally was a guard. They put him back at center. And things seemed to go well, and then he stepped on somebody. So, I I think they're going to stick with that plan. But, Andy, you know as well as anybody, having center issues is not not exactly ideal going into week five in the second week of SEC play. Yeah, because it's a quick momentum change waiting to happen. But, the yeah, getting into the outside zone stuff, that – Outside zone is a really different skill set. There's a lot of reach blocking involved, and if it's not something you've been doing, that's it takes getting used to. And also for the backs, it takes getting used to because it's it's yeah. reading holes differently and, and reading how things open up differently. So this, I, I just I'm fascinated by this. where 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 is Mark Stoops right now with with this team? Because you know he he went and got Liam Cohen back, and that seems mm-hmm. to have really because. That 2021 seems to be the where they were the most comfortable, where where yes. they felt like they had the best version of themselves. How do they feel about that that arrangement now? The difference between then and now is their inability to have a consistent run game, and I think that there's part of Mark Stoops that wants to be furious that they were um, they, they they went from 60 40 run pass to the opposite. Um, I think. They had the fewest carries in the SEC going into week four, which is just kind of shocking to, to say out loud. And I don't think he – there's a part of it where I think he's fine with it if they're making the routine plays look routine. Uh, but they've gotten into a couple quick three-and-out situations, and it puts some stress on the defense because the the sensational sophomores haven't been that. Uh, the guys yeah. that really popped as freshmen last year, Dane Key, Barry on Brown, Jordan Dingle, the tight end, They've all had their moments. Don't 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 be mistaken about that. But the the down to down consistency, um, you know, just catching a twelve yard comeback and moving the sticks on third down, like the ball's hitting you in the numbers, you got to catch it. There's been a little bit of that. I think that part's frustrating. But on the other side, Andy, that defense has been been really good, and we we knew the front seven was going to have some dogs in it. Trevin Wallace has been incredible um, applying some pressure as an off ball linebacker. And then Maxwell Harrison, two pick sixes was the story last week at Vanderbilt. But he had, I think he had three or four other PBUs that were just as impressive going up against Will Shepard. That was the big question mark going into this year was the secondary. And I I think Kentucky fans have a little bit of comfort. I think Mark Stoops has a little bit more comfort knowing that they've got a guy who can go out and handle Ricky Pearsall, play a little man-to-man, and apply some pressure on Graham Mertz and try to create some takeaways. Yeah, I'm excited to watch these two DCs work because Brad White at Kentucky draws up some really interesting pressure packages and Austin Armstrong at Florida. He's one, he's just fun to watch during the game because he is uh he's a ball of energy, but also because 
he's gonna he's gonna dial up some stuff that that may confuse Devin Leary. Although it's interesting because these quarterbacks have so much experience against good defenses when you think about it. Graham Mertz, a three-year starter at Wisconsin. Devin Leary was a, a three-year starter at NC State. There's not really anything they haven't already seen. No, you're you're they they should be able to handle it. But the the part that's been weird about Leary too is sometimes Andy he'll just it's like he forgot how to throw the ball. I don't know like it's like what I don't I don't I don't know how to explain it but it's very unlike like, this guy's just great 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 and then all of a sudden he's sailing like a 15-yard in route or underthrowing a D. It's like wait, what that that's not the same guy. So you, you want to mitigate those moments. And I think through the first four weeks of the season, you've seen Kentucky uh, clean up, and there's fewer mistakes, and there's a lot more big play pops, but the mistakes they're making are also just really bad. And if they happen at the wrong time against Florida, it could be catastrophic. And that's kind of what we saw Florida do last go-around, where a block kick happens, and then, mm-hmm. boom, complete game changed right there. That, 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 was, the, that was it. Yeah, I think we're looking. It, it's not necessarily the two Spider-Men pointing at each other, but it's, it's close. And it, it is one of those where either team could have that moment that just blows the game wide open for the other team, which I, I think makes this game very exciting to think about because, I mean, it, you just don't know when that moment could come, whether right. it's the somebody making a positive big play or somebody making a disastrous play that allows <laughs> the other team to score quickly. <laughs> Well, and it's going to feel kind of old-school SEC football where I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, and then there are going to be those three or four moments that really, really define it. So uh, it should be a fun one. I know Kentucky fans, though, are very upset it's not a night game. Uh, they, they love – it'll be the first not – I mean, this has been a night game for Kentucky every year since I want to say the 80s maybe. So yeah. this is – this is going back a, a, a good long ways, and um, I, I they would rather not be getting up at nine a.m. But they will be up at nine a.m. There's still <laughs> that 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 it, it always feels good to beat Florida, Andy. There's there's never a bad time to beat Florida if you're a Kentucky fan. Well, bur- bourbon tastes good in the morning too, right? Oh yeah, you put in your coffee. Oh, it's good. It's good with anything. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So big picture for this thing, because what we've seen from Tennessee so far. Do you feel like these two are playing for the kind of second slot behind Georgia in the East? Yeah, and, and really the way that this year's feeling right now, I don't think it has 07 chaos energy yet, but Georgia's vulnerable, you know? I, I know, um, like, it, you have to see it to believe it. It's kind of like Tom Brady retiring, right? Like, you, you were just, okay, like, uh, when it finally happens, it will happen. But I, I think this whole entire league is wide open this year, and it all comes down to, just are you are are you on it at the right time? Like, can you can you take advantage of that bad Georgia first half? Right, like can you play a clean enough football game? Can you create the right amount of turnovers? So yeah, I, I think this game ultimately is going to decide it because Tennessee they have to go on the road for that game at Kentucky as well. And mm-hmm. I know Brad White is kind of chomping at the bit to get one over on Josh oh. Heupel after the way that Heupel, <laughs> that was, a, he was an ugly me. game last year. Yeah, yeah. So I, I really do think that this is this probably is what's going to decide uh, second place in the SEC East. But crazier things have happened, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if one of these teams does end up catching Georgia. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it, it, I think in Gainesville, 
all of the goodwill that was built by the Tennessee win could be erased if they go up and lose to Kentucky. Because I, yeah. I think the Florida people still, even though Kentucky has been competitive against them and it's, it's more than 50-50 in favor of Kentucky, as you said, over the last five years, it's still in their minds they can't let go. It's Kentucky. It's the team yeah. that Florida always beats. And I, that's so I think this one's a huge one for Napier and company as well because they finally had their proof of concept game against Tennessee. They've got to show they can keep it going. But then it's interesting because I think Billy Napier and and, Mike, uh, and Mark Stoops are very similar in how they want their teams to play and, and look. So you're right, low scoring and then that, that uh-oh, whoopsie-daisy play <laughs> just might be what wins it for somebody. Well, if, if you think about the 2024 kids and the on-three recruiting rankings, those guys, mm-hmm. when Mark Stoops started this bowl streak, they were 10 years old. Like They've grown up knowing good Kentucky football, but Florida fans, Tennessee fans, LSU fans, losing Kentucky will get you fired. Ask Coach O. Kentucky <laughs> was playing Colin Baton Rouge, running the score up on them a yep. couple years ago at Kroger Field. Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, Steve Spurrier retired two weeks after. I mean, he couldn't handle losing to Kentucky. That's how a lot of these fan bases are. So I know that Billy – didn't kind of Billy Napier do this last year in the Utah win the week before, right? They mm-hmm. gutted that one out. They had this, oh, man, he can do it. And then Kentucky went and played spoiler. They, they could do that again Saturday. It's going to be a fantastic game. Big, big game for both programs. Statement game for both programs Nick Roush, Kentucky Sports Radio. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Andy. For today's extra point, I want to tell you about a very decadent lunch I had. When I go on the road, I want to start giving you a little taste of of what I'm tasting out there. And this was a fun trip to South Bend. I wanted to get to CJ's Pub and have a Golden Domer burger because they are fantastic. But unfortunately, couldn't get there Friday or Saturday. They're not opening it until Tuesday, and I was already gone. But I found a place in Mishawaka, which is right next door to South Bend, that if you want the most decadent lunch you could ever imagine, you got to go to Bourbon and Butcher. So the Corn Dance Tavern is a, a full-service restaurant open for dinner. Bourbon and Butcher is their lunch restaurant, essentially. So what they do is they open the butcher case in front, and they open the bar. And you can walk in. And they've got this whole butcher case full of steaks. And you can you could buy steaks to take home and cook yourself, or you can point at a steak, and for $5, they will cook that steak for you and put a side on there with it. So I did an eight-ounce filet with a little broccolini, cooked perfectly. It was amazing. But, you know, I, I can't just try one thing. But this steak was amazing. It was out, it was cooked perfectly. Uh fork tender. I usually am a ribeye guy. These fillets looked awesome. That's what happens when you see the butcher case and you really get a chance to inspect it and say, that's, that's my meal today. But I couldn't just stop at one thing because again, I want to sample everything. I want to be able to give you a great idea of what this place is like. Sherry, the bartender makes an excellent old fashioned, excellent old fashioned. They've got the Evil Check Brewery beers because they're they're a sister restaurant at the Evil Check Brewery. So the vanilla porter is outstanding. But this burger, it's called the Bespoke. It's a dry-aged beef smash burger with bacon, white cheddar, charred red onions, 
and fire grilled mushrooms. It also comes on a bun that they baked right there in the restaurant. And Bill Landis, who I used to work with at The Athletic, he now covers Ohio State for another outlet. He said the secret to life is just upgrade your bread. You don't realize how much better things can be with just a little bit better bread. This was a great example of that because the, the, the meat was incredible. The burger was great. But this, this bun, so soft, fluffy, perfect. It was one of the best burgers I've ever had. I had that steak as great as it was, and it was a fantastic steak. I would have done two burgers instead. And I think the next time I will do two burgers. But the next time I will also do exactly what I did for dessert every single time. The summer cornet. Now, this one only has about a week left on the menu because it's a seasonal item. But if you happen into Mishawaka when the weather is warm, it's going to be there. So it's a crisp almond cookie bowl. You know, like the bread bowl you get at Panera Bread, except it's an almond cookie bowl filled with vanilla mousse, not chocolate mousse, vanilla mousse, and an assortment of fruits with this incredible raspberry gel to dip everything in. It is phenomenal. And I, I'm more of a chocolate person than a, than a vanilla person, but this mousse was spectacular. I, they always say, the, the, the foodies will tell you, vanilla is a more complex flavor profile than chocolate. But usually I still, still side with chocolate. This was perfect. This went so well with the fruit and the almond cookie, because all you want to do is keep breaking off more pieces of that almond cookie bowl and dipping into that mousse and just getting a big hunk of mousse on a piece of almond cookie, and it just keeps going. It's a huge dessert. I wanted to lick the plate. So if you're in Mishawaka, Indiana, if you're in South Bend, if you're driving through Michiana, which is what they call where Michigan meets Indiana, you want to drop in bourbon and butcher I don't know you can get much done after a lunch like this, but you will enjoy every second of it. We got the pick show tomorrow. We got a lot of games to pick. Colorado USC feeling very, very intriguing right now, but we also got Florida, Kentucky, Notre Dame, Duke, Texas, Kansas. A lot of very interesting lines out there. Talk to you tomorrow. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.